You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 362nd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And per my last email, this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts. Tim, did you follow up on that uh, uh, task I was asking you about? Because um, it's I, Roubaix Day, and I, I didn't do anything. It was a real roller coaster, real roller coaster of emotions today. Um, but um, Spencer, I did email you back. I left it with the old fashioned "please advise." Mm, okay, um, so we're gonna have to circle back on that um, and uh, and check in. You know, I need to uh, check in on a few stakeholders um, because we've got a lot on the docket this week um, with a full. Uh, uh Bay. It's there's a lot it's of a, it's a monumental it, race, I've heard. And uh not only that, but it was topped by a monumental first edition of the women's race. So I think we definitely need to give full credit that after one hundred years the ASO has decided to at least offer the opportunity for women to show that they can put on one hell of a great show and have amazing athletic um ability. Also, uh, shout out to the ASO for uh, two things. One is the winner of the race only getting one twentieth of the prize uh, purse <laughs> of the men. Is that uh, for that? Or? It, yeah. uh, and for those looking at home, it is in fact twenty twenty one. And then uh, also shout out to the ASO for uh, only giving us about two and a half hours of coverage while we got seven hours of. <laughs> of, or six hours of coverage today on the men's mm-hmm. race so that when we went live to the race, if you were not fortunate enough to be following along on Twitter, you would already have eventual winner, Lizzie Digan, well off the front mm-hmm. with her amazing attack in Paris-Roubaix. And uh, yeah, so overall, one heck of a great time. Yeah, um... I have been waiting. It feels like two years for this race to actually happen. Um, it feels just and like that. Yeah. I've been on the edge of my seat for at least 24 months um, waiting for this race. And I, you know, it could have, it couldn't have been better in a lot of ways. Like it was everything you would want a Peru Bay experience to be just a, like a little chaotic a little uh, oh. unknown, a little like cat and mouse there to the end. Is is she going to yep. get caught? Is she not? Like you got uh, the podium, just three monumental figures in mm-hmm. in women's cycling right now standing on that podium. Like it was, and, it was, they did then, such a good job. Not just that. And then you have the documentation of it by the likes of um, Ashley and Jared Gruber, Jojo mm-hmm. Harper had one heck of a run on her Instagram mm-hmm. of, you know, the showers afterwards that for over a hundred years have been the place where Sunday in hell and all the, the mud gets scraped off the faces. And then here we have, mm-hmm. you know, women superheroes and superstars that have absolutely crushed it. I loved it. I loved watching the women's race. I w- obviously I, I think um, Lizzie Dagan did the the thing that we really needed. I saw also on Twitter this mention that there's no way the ASO doesn't show more next year because the rate, you know, like she attacks so early that it's like, okay, give us full coverage of this race. Yeah, Um, yeah, they got it. They got it. Hope that works out that way. But yes, it was. Yeah, it was a ton of uh, fun. And then also 16th place, um, Cecily uh, Ludwig. The who, people's yeah. champion. The people's, the people's champion. champion. Um, yeah. One of our favorites. Uh, just crushing it in 16th place. It was wonderful. I loved it. Let's talk a little bit about it. Um, mm-hmm. 
what what was what were some of your takeaways topics anything that that came to mind um you know spencer just to start mm-hmm. i know one of them was uh we got to see the world champion uh, uh, uh kit and bike from cannondale yeah so um elisa um balsamo new newly crowned um world champion on the women's side unveiling the kit and the bike Guys, I don't know if you took a close look at this or not, but uh, Mm -hmm. this might be my favorite world championship bike paint job that I can remember. And the kit is right up there as well. She went full classic style, black shorts, white obvious uh, rainbow band top um, with just the right amount of like extra rainbows everywhere. Um, But... (laughs) Big kudos to the team and also to Cannondale. Uh, great, fantastic looking bike. Did not give it the old specialized treatment um, that we've been w- so used to. I would say um, it's one disagreement from you there, but interesting. D- a, where the agreement is, hands down, the best looking world championship bike. Uh, the combination, the 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 way the stripes come along the top tubes of that mm-hmm. Cannondale looks fantastic. Really well done. I also love as a total side note, Cannondale using the, uh, the lowercase kind of font all the way across as of late, like the last like two years or so. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like how that font looks anyway. Um, where my disagreement is, is the kit a few too many Ram rainbow, um, stripes. Cause you've got rainbow stripes uh. on the wrist, on the wrists, uh-huh. Uh-huh. the biceps, and then also um, the sternum. To me, the you know maybe two sets of stripes. I don't. I don't like the rainbow um, stripes Tim, on the wrist. Tim, Tim, Tim. I'm Tim, sorry, Tim. Are you telling me cuffs? if if you win a world championship in cycling, you're not putting rainbows on literally everything, everything that you oh, own. Oh, full full yeah. neck tattoo. Are you kidding? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Socks, no, 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 underwear, I, casual yeah, clothes. Uh, your, your Sunday best, yeah, yeah. you know, if you happen to be getting married during the time that you were, uh, your world champion, your tie, your, your cummerbund, your, whatever your ascot is all going to be world championship stripes. This is actually, there is no such thing as too many world championship stripes on a kid. I I think if Tim got, got, became world champion, he would ask Sarah to renew their vows just so he could, could a world championship wedding. This is the greatest (laughs) theme of all time. He would specifically what? schedule it so you couldn't come against Spencer, so he could hold that yeah. over you again. Well, you know what the best the best part about this is, Sarah <laughs> would ask me. She'd go, "Hey, what do you want the wedding colors to be?" And I say, "Well, you know, blue, red, black, yellow, and green." Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's I think five it just, too many. <laughs> is, yeah, it's five too many. Can you think we could make the table settings? I. Uh-huh. It was a it was a very good shout. I loved that uh, you had brought this up, Spencer. I, well done mm-hmm. that. Everyone should go try to find um, the bike uh, picture and uh, check it out. Um, but yeah, that was yeah, it was, it was really cool to see. Did she finish, Rube? I saw her crashing at one point. I didn't actually see if she finished. In Rube, yeah, she day out. She came in our fifty uh, seventh. It looks like. Okay. Um, popping. There on were some crazy cycling to check that out. There were some crazy crashes. Oh yeah, right. there was like, a ton of crazy crashes. It was it was a little painful at times to watch. So we kind of yes. got what we'd all wanted, and it's also a, a little much. Uh, both the women's and the men's, it was a little much sometimes with the crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, but you know, we've, right. we should have known that from being cross fans that sometimes, uh, as much as the mud can be awesome, sometimes it's a little heartbreaking when you see a rider right. you really like and yeah. are really rooting for just sort of eat it. Uh, and, well, uh, eating eating it is, bad. yeah, eating it is bad. Eating it and getting injured, like yes. that is not what anybody wants to see at all. And of course, there were plenty of injuries um, uh, in, the, in the women's race um, specifically. I know Enemik Van Vluten being a, a big name um, superstar, uh, that broke her pelvis, I believe, in like maybe two places and her shoulder. Like, that's, that's terrible. That's pretty rough. That's a rough go no. at, at, at Roubaix. So, um, but uh, 
but it shows what what I don't think women are capable of doing, though. Right? Yeah, I was gonna say, for all that uh, cobblestone, I don't think I saw any uteruses splayed across the road anywhere. So yeah. So so here's a bigger question that I have is, I would think the ASO has to look at this and be like, this is a major, like we could do this on almost all of our. Like, I don't know how they're going to figure out the tour. I'm sure they're going to, I mean, they'll find a way to uh, short um, the women Mm -hmm. anyway. But (laughs) to me, like a Saturday race, women's race, and then a Sunday men's race or vice versa is a great way to take over the weekend. I mean, we'll talk later about moving Roubaix to October. (laughs) But to me, like if I was any of these other promoters, I'd be looking at this like, okay, Flanders, like let's have the full women's Flanders. Right. Rather than like the same day where like the women maybe are, you know, finishing and then you don't get the coverage at all because this was just the like, most, yeah, this was the like, most impressive thing about this Roubaix is that it was held on its own day. That's awesome. Yeah, and that's, it was so and good. And I think that that's the, you know, I, I go back to this, the ASO and they're so backwards thinking and cycling's history of backwards thinking that um, I'm sure we'll get to later. They just, you know, why not just have a whole weekend? Like I, I want it all. I want Flanders. Yeah. And then the next day I want, um, especially for the one day races. Now mm. the question is how do they do the tour the right way? Do you do it during the tour or like a, you know, a three week tour, two weeks before it's going to be really sad when the women's tour is the two week tour that I've been wanting forever. And <laughs> they're not doing it because it's what should be done. They're doing it yeah. because yeah, they don't yeah, want to yeah. offer women the opportunity of uh, three yeah. weeks of racing. Um, but I don't know. I was absolutely thrilled. I was, I mean, we'll talk about the men's race. The men's race was an amazing icing on the cake, mm-hmm. but I was pretty unanimous when we were in the green room on which race we were going to talk about first and the history oh, yeah. behind just a hundred years yeah. of not having it. And then to but, see such a performance from Lizzie Digan and then Marianne Voss. How awesome was that? Like, oh, I mean, so I know okay. she didn't win and we all wanted Marianne Voss to win. Um, and then Elisa Longo Borghini in third. You had three stars fighting it out like that, you know? I mean, Absolutely. not that it would have been bad if you had someone who wasn't a big star, but kind of especially for the first edition, um, the fact that you had three giants of the sport um, battling it out in that fashion, I think was really good to you, cement how well, great um, this is. And it, it brought out it brought out the stars in the race, but it also brought out the stars to spectate. You know, I, uh, um, some guy, uh, who goes by the name of, um, Valtteri Bottas, who is best known, I think is Tiffany Cromwell's boyfriend, um, was out on the yeah. side of the race course and that, you know, that kind of support, that kind of, uh, uh, the cameras follow I, him around. Because, I think he did you know, like a master's, he did like a master's gravel race in Colorado. He's, yeah, right? he's like a yeah. gravel guy. Um, yeah. But, uh, the, the, you know, the cameras, the paparazzi follow him around because, you know, Tiffany, Tiffany's a pretty good racer. So, um, that's cool to see, you know, and that's going to bring eyes, uh, to the sport. So you love to see that too. Yeah, Tim, absolutely. You make a good, and, I was going to say, I think you make a good point that just from stealing the weekend. Mm-hmm. And so like, even if they don't care about women's racing, they should realize that if they run the women's race always on a Saturday yeah. they, and then do the men's on a Sunday, like they can put RCS and Flanders sport like well, to the sword and steal all the weekends, you know, yep. like, well, it's a couple of things here. I, I, I bet there are people within ASO that do care about women's racing. Otherwise they would like, there's at least some semblance of caring, right? Because they yeah. are offering this race and hopefully they come at it from the viewpoint of, wow, this is like women's, this could be like women's tennis, which is way more popular than men's tennis a lot of times. And it's way, you know, there's no reason why you can't have a sport of equal um, coverage. So that is uh, um, great to see. I do want to say, though, that does piggyback on the the butt prize list that the women were given mm-hmm. versus the men. And I think it's pretty cool. Um I think it's really cool. Maybe, maybe the the uh, the accounting department at Trek doesn't think it's as cool. But Trek's whole <laughs> one of Trek's whole things was that the entire year they've been saying that they're going to offer the mm-hmm. same prize list for their riders that the men would get. So Lizzie Digan is going to get the same prize list winning number that 
um, Sonny Cabrelli is going to get, right? So right. that was really cool. So you do see some companies that are already pushing kind of the, the mm-hmm. limit. I mean, I think we do... I think we got to give Trek their due. They were the first ones to offer the equal prize list in the yeah. um, yeah. Cross yeah, World yeah. Cup. And they had women go 1-3, and we know that they pay their women riders at least a living wage um, mm-hmm. within the you know the scope of pro racing. So you know what? Right on them for, for going yeah, all no, in and winning absolutely. probably the most... I mean, it's this had to be the most important women's bike race I've seen in my life. Like I'm trying to think of like when I started watching pro racing, yes, world mm-hmm. championships are really cool, but they happen every year and they are forced to happen, um, to be a UCI, to be a IOC sport. Mm-hmm. This was like, I felt like I was watching history versus like, Oh, it's just going to be a Wikipedia entry. Like I was like very stoked and I'm like, Ooh, what is this going to become? That was my yeah. takeaway on it. No, we, we definitely were watching history. I think you, uh, I think you summed it up pretty well there. Um, and uh, yeah, kudos to the 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 team, the riders uh, for Trek for special uh, stepping up, and um, so you know, I guess for for ASO even to to do it, even even if their hand was forced a bit, you know, like they they did it on a separate day, and they I, like they did a pretty good job. Like aside from the prize list, it was all right. It's hopefully they continue to improve, and the reaction from the public makes them realize how awesome. Yep. They, they have something here mm-hmm. that if they could just like offer it more with better TV coverage, it's only going to grow the sport more. And the women put down, we don't need the, or they, sorry, we, they don't need the charity of individuals like Pat Lefebvre and all of those right jerks in the sport, which then, so we're on this high, this absolute high. So we're, mm-hmm. we're going up the <laughs> Saturday. We're at the peak of the roller coaster. And man, I went for a nice bike ride this morning or when I, and I saw them start and nothing's really mm-hmm. happening. I was like, oh, I'm going to go back. I'll be back in like three hours. Come back. The roller coaster of emotion when I got back and I turned on my television and I saw Gianni Moscone uh-huh. in that front group with about 190K to go. And then he started like his attacks to get away. I thought for certain that he was going to win and nothing brings cycling fandom together more <laughs> than it's true. Uh, uh, racist. It is, yeah. Uh, cycling. It's, uh, it is a fractured uh, landscape of fandom, but you get very fractured. Johnny, you get Johnny Muscone off the front of a race and boy, those divisions disappear and everyone oh. comes together with one true heart and uh, everyone forcing karma to deliver him not only a flat tire which wasn't quite enough (laughs) but also uh, a little slide across the cobbles which um, finally did him in yeah a major shout out by the way to uh bob roll for so it was bob roll and phil liggett on the american broadcast i don't know what eurosport folks had but Mm -hmm. we're dealing with uncle phil it was great to see Uncle Phil call the race on a very muddy conditions. It was fine. He had great excuses for not knowing who the riders were. Yeah. Um, for, for calling you know, Matthew Vanderpool, Adrian Vanderpool about a hundred Many times. times. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was, was fine. Like, it, was, it was like having it, my grandpa do the commentary on a, on a family dinner. Going through the cousin's I mean, name. Twitter was a buzz. on the right one. But Twitter was a buzz on it. And it was like, you know, cool seeing Phil Ligon on there. Um, there was someone had a comment, like how awesome would it have been if, if Paul Sherwin was there with, and I agree, like, like it would have been like that sentimental moment of seeing this rainy Roubaix and the chaos, mm-hmm. but Bob roll, like I've always liked Bob roll. I've, I've enjoyed his books. Uh, Spencer, mm-hmm. you got me one of his books, I think is a gift many years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when we first started getting into racing, I think we saw Bob roll together at like a Minnesota cycling federation dinner. We um, did. It was cool but to see him memories call out publicly why gianni moscone is not going to be a popular winner of roubaix when it looked like he was going to win and Mm -hmm. he went like Mm -hmm. line by line with the first one right away talking about the the racial abuse of kevin reza 
Uh, and then immediately from there, talking about how then he purposefully crashed out um, Reza's teammate Reichenbach and basically what put him in a broke his back. I think was what the uh, bad, the incident yeah. was. And then it goes into you know the different punching of riders yeah. throwing bikes at Dubachier. I mean it's. It's just nonstop, and it's just like Bob Roll calling it out. Yeah. And then I even put up on the the Slow Ride Twitter account that, hey, all of cycling media needs to do something similar to Bob Roll if he does win this. And uh, the editor of Cycling News even responded. It was like, actually, we already do this. So that was great to see. Like what they gave an example of when they talk about Moscone, it's like there's like the control F. (laughs) <laughs> like their control, you know, copy paste uh, paragraph of uh, controversy that follows yeah. him around. And I mean, he's leaving Ineos to go to Astana. I mean, it, yeah. I just. They they mentioned it on the GCN Eurosport feed or whatever it was okay. I was watching. Um, I think it was Daniel Lloyd. Um, they didn't go very hard on him, but they were like, oh, you know, he's. Uh, you know, kind of a iffy guy. He's maybe not got a lot of brain cells, and they sort of, <laughs> they they sort of were like, ah, he's not going to be a popular winner. But like, also at the same time, they seem to be like very sad when he got his flat tire and like, oh no, 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 oh, not like <laughs> yeah. this, you know. And like, I didn't actually not like the guy, you I know. Th- like, they, I think they everybody was like this, it. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. So you know, they they sort of tried, but I'm not going to give them. I don't think I'm going to give them credit uh, for for calling him out as being like they didn't explicitly say he was a racist or anything that he did. So kudos to Bob Roll. Dude, and then Bob Roll was like continuing on it at the end, like he was like, oh, you know, like maybe he's going to have to he's going to have to do a lot to come out from you know the doghouse to like really yeah. uh, find his place. I really like that. I appreciate kudos to Bob Roll. Um, yeah, hundred percent. The coverage uh, from the folks on uh, Peacock Plus was uh, was great. Um, the you know, I don't want to talk really anymore about Moscone other than that the the fl- the collective sigh of release on Twitter when he oh, went when it was a cheer of jubilation. And who was the first oh, yeah. person to notice that the flat tire? It was it was Phil Liggett. I had no clue. <laughs> they kept showing like Moscone and Phil Liggett's like, oh, is uh uh you know the uh the, the rear wheel looks flat and i'm like oh phil come on don't do this to me like i know you're just <laughs> you're, you're going through your list you're going through your list of things like the tropes that he yeah. always talks about in paris roubaix like yeah. oh is that a tire a little low like oh you know the last segment the last uh, segment of cobbles is just purely ceremonial and mm-hmm. you're like he's going through the tropes and then they go back to it and i'm like holy crap he was right oh my goodness yeah. this is it yeah. And the old, uh, the, old, the old man's the old man still got it. The old man still got it. It was it was wonderful. <laughs> um, so then, I know I know so many other people and so many stories are going to be written on mm-hmm. what happened today. The other highlight for me, um, while as much as I wanted Matthew Vanderpool to win, as much as uh-huh. uh, I I wanted um, uh, uh, Florian Vermeesh yeah, to do to, to win. Uh huh. Sonny Cabrelli's celebration and just pure joy when he's like mm-hmm. lying on the grass of Roubaix and just yells of excitement was the perfect, perfect cap to such a wonderful weekend. I was, I mean, this is the greatest superhero story of all time because you have the bad guy of cycling, like the universal bad guy. Like, yeah, you'd be hard to find him, <laughs> Muscone fans. Get, yeah. Like almost gonna win, fighting through the flat tire so that he still was off the front, and I'm like, oh He's, my goodness, yeah. like, yeah. and then for Cobrelli to win in such like it was like Hollywood story, and they lapped him on like the like, uh, he was getting laughed. I mean, thank goodness really he, he went out of the home, way, guys. I love but, that. <laughs> but when Cobrelli came across the line and just the pure just crying on the oh, it was so yeah. so awesome. I loved it. So loved it. As as longtime listeners of this show know, we are our like first like legitimate racing experience uh, together. The three of us was track racing, and so we have always kind of loved the end of Roubaix when a small group comes together because we're like, oh, who's gonna 
who who studied the track? Who understands yeah. how to use the track? Who, who knows? knows how to sprint here? Because mm-hmm. it comes into play. Yep. So I was super excited to have a group of three going because it, it can get really tactical it, in a lot of weird ways that was, normal road races don't. What did you guys think about I, the three up sprint? Who played was, it best? And 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 what what were you expecting? Clearly, the guy that played it best was the winner, Sonny Cabrelli. But oh, I will say, yeah, little guy he played his card. How shocked were you, little guy, that Matthew Vanderpool was leading into the velodrome? I was just laughing. I was like, of course he is. Of, of course, <laughs> this guy is going to be the one that just ramps it up and just tries to ride everybody off his wheel uh, with I was not, with 130 I was, meters. I was not surprised. I figured. Um, I don't. People don't come around very well on the Roubaix Velodrome. No. You know, it it rarely happens. I think Vanderpool knew that lead from the front is probably actually your best bet there. He did go so, up track at one mm-hmm. point a little he bit did. going going up to the end. I thought he was going to stay down, and that always yeah, killed me when uh, Big George Hincapie would stay down all the <sighs> time, and he'd be like, "George, <sighs> just go up the track a little bit." I thought you were track national champion. You're a junior, obviously not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I th- it played out how I thought. I mean, Vermeersh had to. He was like I just want to point out that quantity in there he had to do it and he he I, almost I, he almost pulled it off man I don't man. I want to just point out okay. that okay. I was saying that Phil Liggett has his tropes that he always goes through it for 8 years we've had this podcast we've talked about mm-hmm. Roubaix for 8 years every single year we talk about the one time George Hincapie <laughs> was was got like third place to Tom Boonen and he didn't try attacking him on the velodrome and we're just like Really ride the guy on that. Um, yeah. <laughs> he had a few other successes. I'm just, it, it's my only example is him, but there's been many years where you get a group in Roubaix and everybody stays down on the blue and it mm-hmm. drives me out of my mind that one guy doesn't think to just go up a teeny bit up track and use the velodrome to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And at least today, Ver, Vermeersh went up. It was Vermeersh. Tried, yeah. tried the attack from back that was the smartest move. I mean, did, he, what are the chances that's, he's going to beat Vanderpool or Cabrelli right. like nine times out of ten? Like, Did he do not. that? He, that's he the it. point that I wanted to make is that I think Vermeersh played it the best. I think he had the weakest card by far, like the weakest hand to play, but he played his cards the best. And second, yeah. he came up just a little bit short, right? Like yeah. he could he have do it theoretically pulled that off. But and, yeah. And there was no way for him to look like he was getting on the podium regardless. So yeah, I, I, he could have sat up and just been like, Oh, whatever. These guys are going to roast me. So, and no, it he played great. it and he almost played it to perfection. I thought that was by far I, the ride of the day, if not the ride of the year. I think he had the same feeling. Cause did you see the way he looked <laughs> at Cobrelli's cobblestone uh, on the podium? Like, like, yeah. like, like Cobrelli had just stolen the love of his life. Yeah. right in yeah. front of him like no, he saw- looked so heartbroken <laughs> and in no. his post-race interviews too you know he was like i just can't i'm so heartbroken right now you know whatever uh, eventually this will so, set in i mean he's only 22 or whatever like it was yeah. a huge ride he, huge but yeah absolutely huge and yes he did look good on the velodrome but i will just shout out i think he actually went high to attack but also there was that awkward moment when they were in turn three four at the end and mm-hmm. Moscone was there kind of underneath the state, like on the, the blue apron. And yeah, I think that they had to, Bay. they had to go high to go over him. So are you saying that maybe Vanderpool would have won if they hadn't go to go so high? Cause Vanderpool got pushed the farthest. He kind of, I think that, end of the I stick think that, that over Moscone. I think that Moscone still found a way to ruin the race. Um, yeah. and there, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm grasping at, I know I'm grasping at straws here. But I would say that uh, the sprint was great to see. Um, all of the uh, coverage—I w- mean, it was too much coverage. Like, cut an hour out of that coverage, and all the salaries that you paid for that extra hour of nothing happening for the first twenty-five miles, yeah. and give me twenty-five more miles of the women's race. Um, yeah. That being said, you know, Mitch Docker hit hit the ground. Um, in his final Roubaix, so that yeah. was painful to read. But mm-hmm. you know, he made it there after a broken elbow. So, I mean, kudos to to Mitch Docker. And then sixteenth uh, place, uh, Sebastian Langvelt of Team Education First, um, mm-hmm. just missing out. I think he actually sat up um, because Christoph and Gianni Vermuch 
got 14th, 15th. So I think that he kind of was like, all right, I'm going to take 16th. You know, <laughs> I've been saying for a while that Johnny Vermeer is your best, uh, your best deal in cycling. And I don't know if he's related to Florian Vermeer in any way, but if you need a deal in cycling, you need results, mm-hmm. but without a huge paycheck, you get yourself a Vermeer. Yeah. So where so where would you find Across a the board. Where where would you what? find a guy like this little guy? Like so if you're if you're a team director, you're you're Israeli Cycling Academy because you're disappointed that the two guys that you had in the chase group weren't willing to uh <laughs> put in the work, Tom uh, uh as I know. I'm just kidding. I mean they they, yeah. they, okay. they I know, I'm they kidding. Punched above they, the they, did, they punched they way did. above what I expected from that team. So oh, yeah. talking about I mean, Steve Bauer must be proud with Guillaume Bovine of uh canada quebec in ninth place a, a fantastic almost, race almost but let's say should have let's been. say you're a team let's say you're a cofidis let's say you're um movistar how do you okay. get a gianni vermeer like where would how you, you go get a vermeer well i would yeah. start by just uh going to belgium and f- mm-hmm. opening a phone book and i would yeah. just call vermeer's <laughs> uh, until i find one that has a racing okay. license uh, and if okay. they're okay. um, U23 or juniors, I would just immediately sign them. Uh, Five-year deal. Al- Alpeson, yeah. Alpeson style, just pick them up on a bargain, man. And um, Like sight unseen. Out, it doesn't pan out. Just five years. Sight yeah, unseen. Yeah. They got their Vermeer's is the last name. You sign them to the, the minimum. They're they're like, cool, I'm 18, and I kind of didn't think I was going to cycle anymore, but sure. Yeah. And so you're not, you're not, you're not kicking the tires out. on any Vermeer's. You're just picking them up like sight unseen. Yeah. Look, so you're I not going to cyclocross races. You're not going to look for like a because you know, like that's, sweet that's, or something. That would have been well, my strategy, right? Is well, that's like where both you go of these Vermeers yeah, were found is at cyclocross right. races. So, so that's you, true. It's a good place to find a Vermeer. You go to Belgium, you find the biggest cyclocross team there is. And then you ignore all those guys. And you find the <laughs> second biggest cyclocross team that there is. And you find the third best guy on that second best team. And that's yeah. your Vermeer. And you're like, that guy's going to be... Better because it's literally Vermeersh. It could be. Yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like that guy that can't get a top ten at the cross race. It's yeah. gonna be a really good road racer. Exactly. Yeah. Um speaking of rides of the day at Roubaix, uh there was a run of the day. I don't know if you guys saw oh, this. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's still maybe running. I I, I, I do have confirmation he has finished. He was uh, spotted okay. at the velodrome. Uh, Taco Vanderhorn, huge, huge. Um, uh, f- I guess we're fans of him more than he's fan of the pod. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, no way. Yeah, doing a little a little jog there for Intermarche Wanty uh, as he was um, uh, with a disabled bike for a little while, yeah, but no. um, finishing finally. Up. Yeah, fortieth um, place, only eleven minutes down. Pretty good. Uh, race really radio, race radio on Twitter pointed out. Did you guys notice how white the toe covers were, or the shoe covers were for Matthew Vanderpool entering the Sparkling. velodrome? Sparkling, sparkling. How how did what, he do this? What, what like, kind what of was, yeah, space age fabric is that stuff? No, that just, no. Like, did he put those on? I mean, at some point, somebody put like, them on his feet. I'm assuming <laughs> okay. it was him. Okay, Dad. Okay, um, <laughs> let's get back to uh, like during the race. Did he put those? Like, I don't recall them being so white when he was on all of the other. Yeah. It wasn't until like the end someone called it out, and I'm like, did he have two layers uh, of booties on? Possible. I don't know. I thought I saw an earlier photo or something where, he, yeah, the socks for was some it, reason his socks got dirty, but his shoe covers didn't. Or was it like one of those F one situations where they have the plastic like shield thing that they kind of like tear the off? Tabs, yeah. They tear offs. Um, or the downhill goggles. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. it was a. Uh, it, it. It. I would say it was probably a double uh, shoe cover situation. Um, except for, I, I think we would have got some footage of him removing them if, if that were the case, yeah. I am my new theory, um, just coming up with this now, just cooking this up. Is there are a few pretty significant, like hub deep puddles on Roubaix, uh, that we mm-hmm. saw the, the Peloton splashing through could be that they got cleaned off cause they were some sort of weird arrow waxy material, um, towards the end there through a puddle or something. And, uh, uh, just clean themselves up. I don't know. 
So What's not to say he didn't just dismount cyclocross style and run through a puddle to clean him up, jump right back that's on? That's true. We just might have that's missed it, you know, on the, on the footage, you know? I mean. He's pretty quick. What yeah, was a, That's pro. What was a better story? His white shoes, which were, mm-hmm. you know, pristine, uh-huh. or the kit that Delco brought uh. to the festivities? Well, and, and just, just a shout out that Delco's top finisher was 33rd place. Actually, their only finisher was um, the <laughs> oh. Be- Belarusian Evaldis yeah. El- okay. Sishavicius. He was in the Sid front Vicious. group for a while and got uh, I know, but got taken down in a, in a crash. So he was having a great race. Lithuanian. Um, sorry, Lithuanian. Um, I got to work on my flags. Did, um, I would you, say, dude, that kit was amazing. It was great, but did you... Bernard Tappy uh, of that legendary uh, team passed away yesterday or today or something yeah which How is fitting. a sort of weird uh synergy between branding for some reason it's i mean it's not nice that he passed away but it's weird that he passed away right as they were doing this like tribute jersey um, that kit to, they should make that their kit their entire year like i don't although the delco kit is one of my favorites in the, the continental with I the was blue just horizontal gonna say, stripe, like the 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 typical delco kit is one of my favorites in the peloton and then they came out with a custom one-off kit that was even more exciting. Like, who is this team? This is, what are they doing? Uh, that's where I'm going to find my Vermeersh, I guess, because they're doing everything right right now. That's the team we should, we, we the Slow Ride podcast should sponsor mm-hmm. because they're, they're bringing it. Yeah. Um, it looks good. Many kudos to them because it was, the, obviously the result wasn't going to be what they talked about, but everyone saw pictures of the kit. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. They unfortunately um, have no Vermeersches on their team. They don't even have any Belgians. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm far more excited about that 33rd place. I'm far more excited about the kit even being at the race. Don't care about the finish than I am about Team Quebec's next hash uh, 12th place with whoever that was that got that. Um, I don't even care because, you know, I, like that that's what brings the eyeballs, right? A flashy kit true. and some well, some... Uh, I care for, for nostalgia, the, the <laughs> Quebec result, just because I feel bad for everyone on that team who's probably about to be out of a job for next year, or you scrambling, are, yeah. scrambling and begging to get on Delco. Um, so I hope something gets straightened out. I don't know. We haven't. Did we talk about much? How basically, surprisingly, NetHash doesn't actually have money in the teams. Uh, we we talked about it uh, when the sponsorship was announced. When how it they started, were but fold. like we didn't I, talk about I, the like. No, no, ongoing I believe, news and now it seems I believe Tim made news. a bold prediction back then that they would not make it through the end of the season and uh, that seems That's to be true. Coming, sure. A very a very bold prediction because very I bold, read because right? <laughs> yeah. I did a Google search. Um, yeah. Oh, do you guys hear that sound? You know what that means? Um it oh, is right. time. Tim, thanks. Let's go over to Italy where the Giro de Emilia happens. No, actually no. Which we mean over Almeida <laughs> and Woods. It's the start, you guys, of Italian week. Uh, it started oh already. I know we thought we were in France, but uh, it started already. Well, we got a lot end of, of season coming up this week. Uh, Tim, I, Tim, Tim. Yep. Well, I, I, I have something. I have something way more important, and that is. Uh, well, does that hang on, Tim? Was, was that the Italian classics minute? Like, is that what that was? Is that a new segment? Because I don't think it was even a minute. <laughs> yeah, well, I only have one race. Next weekend, I'm going to have like seven Italian races to talk about. Okay. So you guys are going to be so bored. And I'm All right, so I'm very excited. excited. Yeah. I can't uh, wait. Okay. Tim, uh, anyway, back um, to you. It's yeah, so back, good. back to me, not to steal um, the flame, but <laughs> I have uh, two things to discuss here. Um, okay. In episode 354, after the Olympic road race, we awarded the championship belt to Anna Kaisenhofer of uh-huh. Austria. Who did yeah. a fantastic job of riding away from the group? Um, who I would say that her effort was so magical that it it spoke to my nominee for the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt and the first ever women's winner mm-hmm. of Paris Roubaix, mm-hmm. Lizzie Digan, mm-hmm. um, to do the very same thing, attacking from pretty much the gun and holding off the world's greatest riders mm-hmm. to win the most important race in women's history as previously discussed. So mm-hmm. for episode 362, I'm nominating uh, Lizzie Digan. 
I'll concur. It was epic. It was big. It was huge. I think it's belt worthy. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm like grasping for straws, trying to think of a way to poke holes in this, but I I think it's pretty rock solid. Um, I I I like to have a little more lively debate about these uh, belt transfers, but uh, yeah, this one might just be well, an open and shut case. And also, do you, I remember when we somehow um, convinced Brian Cookson to give us uh, um, press passes for Richmond, uh-huh. and then Lizzie I'm Armistead won the world championships in Mm -hmm. Richmond. And the question that one of the noobs in the audience was like, Hey, uh, you know, Marianne Voss wasn't here. So does this count win really count? (laughs) And the way she totally flipped that entire thing into like, (laughs) she smashed that dude into dust. Oh yeah. Like, Oh, (laughs) like smash him into dust to say like, how dare you discredit all of the other women athletes? Like, yes, Marianne Voss is fantastic, but yeah. There's, you know, 75, 100 women that were on the start line today that were, are world-class mm-hmm. athletes. So I wish congratulations to Lizzie Duggan. I wish we would have paid attention. To, I don't remember who that guy was that asked that dumb question. We we should have got a post-interview interview with him to ask him why he asked such a stupid question. Because that was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> after she just became world champion that he asked such an insulting question. And she did yeah. completely crush him. But, like... I kind of want to know now, like, did he learn anything from that? Or is he just that thick-headed that he's yeah. going to oh. go ask that same sort so of stuff? We could hope. Mark yeah. Taylor emailed us today. Suggestions and a question. Gentlemen, a two-part email. First, I would like to put forward for the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt one Sonny Cabrelli, the Italian national champion, European mm-hmm. champion, and mm-hmm. now the winner of the most awesome Paris Roubaix in recent memory. Mm-hmm. I feel he more than deserves this prestigious award, not only because of the aforementioned, but, but, but because he can cry like a spoiled 13 year old who's been told they can't have the latest iPhone. Plus, this might just swing it. He's named after a character in The Godfather, and you know the kind of offers they make. <laughs> I saw, uh, uh, was it, uh, I think it was Inner Ring said he was named after uh, the guy from Miami Vice. Yeah. So I don't know who to believe. <laughs> Both of them, uh, yeah, give us a little insight into his parents' um, late 70s to mid-80s viewing habits, though. So <laughs> Could be a little but, uh, column A, a little column B. Regardless, yeah. very good point, very solid resume here. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, he did leave off that uh, he was um, the Spencer Howe nomination for World Championship on the Slow Ride podcast. Uh, which he did not. He did not pull that one off. But that's a pretty big kudos. And I'm um, willing to, to bet you that. And I'm willing to bet that even if he won the World Championships last week, he probably would have been nominated for the Slow mm-hmm. Ride podcast belt because Spencer, he's one of your favorite riders. I mean, he's up there currently. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, uh, and I think, uh, uh, you know, the performance every day today, um, you know, speaks to, speaks to why. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I agree here with, um, Mark Taylor that, that he should definitely be the slow ride podcast championship belt holder. So I'm going <laughs> to yeah. put that nomination out there. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, I'm fine with that. Sounds good. Little guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll concur. Uh, if only because next week, um, no, it's huge, it's huge ride, Tim. I see you making a face of me, but if only because at the end of next week, we're gonna have so much news out of Italy. I'm gonna be hitting you guys with some, <laughs> some belt nominations. Well, we'll have and, to uh, get to that next week. You guys because... are gonna have to go fact check it because you didn't watch any of the races and you don't know if I'm just making yeah. it up or not. Now, so yeah, I'm I'm totally with you, Cabrelli. Uh, huge, 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 huge result, especially fantastic. Guy usually win for Sonny Cabrelli. Um, Shame. Uh, I feel bad for Julian Alaphilippe and his one week uh, reign yeah, on the do. top of the. I feel bad. Very. Uh, it's <laughs> it go. It will go down as the third shortest um, reign in the Slow Ride Podcast Championship Belt territory. Yeah. Uh, let's not forget that Matthew Vanderpool held it for about five minutes before we gave it away to AG2R, <laughs> and then uh, and and Taco and Taco Vanderhorn had it for a solid twenty minutes before Tom Pidcock. Um, mm-hmm. wrestled it away at episode 344. So 
congratulations to um, both Lizzie Dagan and Sonny, Sonny Cobrelli. Cobrelli. Now, Tim, I don't want to, um, I know you've been keeping detailed records there of the belt and it's changing hands and the records, um, on shortest holds, but, uh, I do believe we made a promise to Mr. Mitch Docker that this belt would be transferring into his name after Roubaix. Well, it well it could be the the Mitch Docker um, career achievement belt, um, if you will. But <laughs> I I still think this. I don't think Mitch Docker gets the belt <gasps> until he comes back on the Slow Ride podcast. Oof. It is what such if, an, what if, it is such an important it is such Can an important we, award that he needs to accept it in person. Okay. I agree. He needs right. to get it. No, that's right. I, I recall this now, this stipulation you put yeah. on this. Okay. It's, so Sonny Caprelli is safe. Um, maybe we can discuss this with Mitch. Maybe this is more appropriate, but can we consider uh, renaming or, or uh, presented by on this belt where it is the the Mitch Docker Memorial Championship <laughs> belt. The memori- yeah, <laughs> memorial like, well, for his career. <laughs> we, we might need a workshop with him, the title. I, uh-huh. I do think that w- we find a way to honor the legend that is Mitch Docker. Um, mm-hmm. But I would say that I can't... If any professional cyclist that is racing in the world tour um, were to become like a three-time guest on the slow ride podcast the way mitch docker will be when then that's uh-huh. that's championship belt material because you really got to be put up uh with us I, i've got him at i think it's at least three times mitch docker's been on the pod this will be the third time when he comes on to accept the belt i don't sure. even understand we'll, that ma- we'll make the sure. listeners um, go listen back through and figure that out this is kind of like the uh like the five timers club bit on snl from like oh, what a- or whatever <laughs> One of the best all-time bit, uh, bits. Yeah. Uh, so with that, let's get to our man on the ground for the Italian classics. Mm-hmm. The one and only Michael Matthews to give us an update on what's happening in the Peloton elsewhere. This is Mitch Docker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast afterwards. All right, guys, here we are at the Slow Ride Podcast, world-famous Prem Lap. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Slow Ride Podcast and Wide Angle Podium Network. Head to wideanglepodium.com, learn how you can become a donor or a supporter of the podcast, and learn all about our other fantastic shows, including Cyclocross mm-hmm. Radio, CX Hair Radio, the greatest show that we've got out there, because... You know what? They're bringing it. There's cross racing happening, and there's a World Cup next weekend. Right. And you've got uh, uh, Grodio um, bringing you up to speed on all the gravel stuff that um, uh, Tiffany Cromwell's uh, boyfriend is doing. Um, and you've got Criterium Nation covering uh, all the wins that Legion's getting because they, they're just sweeping podiums left and right, and it's incredible. But um, most importantly... The thing that you can do is go there and become a donor, become a member, uh, monthly or, or annual, whatever, and you hit Slow Ride Podcast uh, uh, on the form there when you're checking out smash to that. make sure, yeah, smash that Slow Ride button. Make sure we're getting some uh, some of your uh, donation allotted to our show because uh, you know maybe you noticed that uh, a couple weeks ago little guy's SD card crapped out and uh, <laughs> he he just wasn't on the pod even though he was here putting in the long yeah. hours and then had to put in even longer hours editing and uh, yeah, this is the kind of stuff way that more, way more time <laughs> right yeah this is the kind of stuff that 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 money goes to is like making sure our equipment doesn't fail us like that um and and that we can bring you quality show because that's you know as much as i like talking to tim and matt uh i really mostly enjoy talking to all of our listeners and bringing them uh the best quality entertainment that i can um and so uh you know it's just an easy way to make sure that keeps happening and while you're there uh check out the store because you can get your very own slow ride podcast shirts Ooh, which i get um, limited limited supply really yeah <laughs> getting down getting down to the dregs 
uh, some of the sizes are selling out. So, well, I'd like to uh, once again thanks all the supporters and listeners of the podcast, um, gentlemen. Let's get back to the show. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, we have a slew of emails. Let's dig right in. First one comes to us from Daniel Walker. Dear Slow Ride, I have become a father to a wonderful baby girl and could use some fatherly advice. Well, congratulations, Dan. Um, And (laughs) you've come to the right spot. I'm just going to I'm gonna leave the room for a few minutes. I'll be back. You guys yeah, have yeah. fun. No, go get yourself a drink or something. All right. I'll, make I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'll, All right. I'll be right back. Don't, don't okay. worry about me. Cool. I plan on my baby girl becoming a professional. Well, there's your first mistake. You can't plan for anything. I plan on my baby girl becoming a professional cyclist, mountain biker, or Red Bull athlete, much like Kate Courtney or Justin Williams. We watch plenty of YouTube crips and Red Bull TV. She has nearly no fear and loves going fast in the running stroller. Now my question is, when should I get her on the bike? She's been walking for like two months. I worry that it may already be too late. So with your children <laughs> already excelling at backyard crits and course ra- and cross courses, what advice can you share to the new parents? Hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely they're, too they're, late. They're talking about babies. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't have any yeah, totally on a break. Yeah. yeah. Totally on a break. Uh, I, what do you say? I, I'd say, uh, yeah, definitely too late. Oh, get the Strider too, out. Too yeah. Well. Uh, no, get the Strider out as soon as you can because kids love it. And it is it is true. The earlier they do it, it does feel like they get more confident. And they just yeah. sort of naturally yeah. just hit it. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah. Oh man, I got dad corner stuff. Um, All right. Also, get the little, uh, um, little seat so they can kind of sit on your top tube, little mountain bike thing. There's a bunch of different brands, so you can go ride the mountain so, bike with them. That that's the best. That's so much fun. Tidbeat. Uh, we got another email here. This one comes to us hey, from. I'm, I'm back now. Chuck Miller. Tidbits for the week. Hey, slow ride pod. As a grumpy old man with grown kids, Merck's was right about Remco. And in my opinion, Remco's comments <laughs> after the fact exonerated Merck's. Conspiracy corner time. Remco covered that first break in an attempt to um, Lizzie Digan, the men's field. Remco's mm. officially on my villain list, the unteam mm. player. This yeah. was a this is an interesting uh, drama uh, that unfolded. Um, yeah, we didn't really talk about that with all the excitement of Roubaix. Uh you guys have takes on this? Like, what do you think? Yeah, it does feel a little bit, um, yeah, the info has come out that it does seem Remco may have had more than one thing on his mind than being a good teammate, but that's bike racing in general. Like, Oh, <laughs> they're just going to excuse this behavior? Come on, little guy. I expected more and better um, from you. <laughs> But uh, I, I have ridden, I have ridden uh, races with you guys. I've ridden alley cats with you guys, and we rode mm-hmm. one at a time. Uh, we rode now mm-hmm. again. All three of us together uh, mm-hmm. to uh-huh. work as yeah. teammates. Uh-huh. And Spencer yeah. did uh-huh. uh, teammate, teammate until he completely put in a sneaky move to try to uh, sneak oh, away I... from us. So, uh, a la Remco, and... he was there until it wasn't opportune anymore to be there. Um, <laughs> and little guy, so, how did that turn out? How did that turn out for Spencer? What he did. Uh, it didn't turn out for road. Spencer. It didn't work. <laughs> but it didn't work for Remco either, but Remco started at the very beginning. Um, there, oh, there, wow. becomes, there becomes a, a point at 3K to go or so where even teammates, uh, all bets are off. You know, when the win is, when the W is on the line, boys, um, well, that's all that matters. Remind me to not go into a race with you as my lead out, man. Well, <laughs> hey, now that's a different story. <laughs> hey, 3K uh, to if, go. I'm not going to do that lead out anymore. Never Chuck... Mind. Chuck continues, on a side note, those dadgum former world championship bands on the sleeves, just something special about one set of bands chasing down the other. Glorious. Mm, yeah. And that was mm-hmm. in uh, re- mm-hmm. regards to um, Lizzie Digan and uh, Marianne Voss, uh, you know, going after one another with just the little uh, bands on the sleeves. 
Um, yeah. Great to see. Uh, many thanks to uh, Chuck for the email. Um, th- this w- this one was a little uh, hilarious when these came in. Uh, no, Gianni, no. The first <laughs> women's Paris Bay race was amazing. The race seemed to know that this moment was long overdue in the mud and the blood and lovely Lizzie Armistead Digan just delivered what every women's cycling fan, hell, every cycling fan deserved. In particular, mm-hmm. I thought Orla Chenino's comments about Lizzie being a mother were poignant. Now imagine my horror watching Moscone come into the final kilometers with a similar lead. A racist, mm-hmm. indulged, spoiled douche who I'll fight if I ever met him. What a juxtaposition <laughs> of the women's side of our sport. Yeah. Won the right uh, versus the men. I type this live following the coverage and can only hope <laughs> someone behind Mascone pulls him back or of o- if only it could be Michael Matthews. Well, thank you, Casey. Now, now we got a second email immediately after from Casey. Immediately after. <laughs> as soon as I sent my last email, I all tabbed over to my cycling news coverage and saw Mascone puncture. Then he went down on the Boulanger sector. I never <laughs> wish someone to crash, Nailed but Mas- Moscone getting caught is yet another example of po- poetic justice in our sport. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another update regarding my last, obviously what I said, Moscone <laughs> went down on the Sisson to Boulanger sector. I was not trying to imply that the sector was being <laughs> filleted by Gianni Moscone. No, 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 certainly not. Although... Okay, update number four. What in the actual F? Someone take Patrick Lefebvre and Gianni Moscone, put them in a bag, and put them out to the sun. All And then fifth, final update, I swear. All hail Cobrelli and Vermeesh. All hail Vanderpool. <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotion for Casey Harmon on the, pot, on the emails today. Uh, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of us went through uh, kind of a similar... Um, you know, up and down uh, during watching that race, and that's what we love about Roubaix. And um, you I know, felt it, it 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 turned out to be a really really good race in a lot of ways. Um, I I felt so much anxiety reading his emails, and then mm-hmm. uh, Nicholas uh, hits us up. Woo, phew. Best regards to the great gentlemen of independent media. So that was immediately after the end of Paris Roubaix. As you can see, uh, not a very popular guy. Um, and then Christine Ryan. <laughs> comes in with what a season i was lying awake last night unable to sleep and for some reason i started replaying the past year's highlights in my head didn't help with sleep but it reminded me that this ended up being a pretty awesome year of watching bike racing this is where i want to edit note in here that christine ryan like me and spencer have now agreed that road racing season is over there's nothing (laughs) left to watch um, yeah, I, the, you know, I take the, a little issue true. with this email. I think there was a, had a lot of facts in it, but it, it was, it was, it was a little premature. But yeah, go on, Tim. Uh, Matthew Vanderpool attacking on the last climb of Strada Bianchi. Oh, mm-hmm. fantastic! Matthew Vanderpool holding off Pogacar by seconds at the end of that incredible breakaway in Stage Five of Torino Adriatico. Taco Vanderhorn covering his mouth when he realizes he's actually going to win a stage of the Giro. Matthew Vanderpool in tears when asked who he is thinking of while winning stage two of the tour. Cav winning again and again when no one thought he could, even if he can be a jerk. Wout proving he can do almost anything. A double vento, the individual time trial, and then the sprint on the Champs-Élysées. Anna Kaisenhofer coming out of nowhere to win Olympic gold. Matthew Vanderpool crashing out of the men's cross country and Pidcock taking the gold from the fourth row. Yolanda Neff making her gold medal in the mud and muck look easy. Nino Scherter winning yet another Worlds and Alaphilippe attacking and attacking and attacking and attacking to keep his stripes. Finally, a women's Paris-Roubaix with rain. And today, rain, mud, drama. I don't know what was better, seeing Matthew Vanderpool, Cobrelli, and Vermeesh finally catch Muscone or Cobrelli rolling on the ground and shrieking after he won. I'd probably missed a ton of other great moments this year, maybe even better ones, but I think I got my money's worth. And Cross uh. is coming. Thanks again for the great shows, Christine. Many thanks for the wonderful email. And I agree, it's Cross is coming. It's right here. And uh, yeah, things are fantastic. 
See, that's where I take issue. I, I feel like the last sentence could have been, and we still have the Italian cycling week. <laughs> wow. Couldn't be any better. So, um, wow. But otherwise, that's... totally factual and awesome. So, so Spencer, you know how um, yeah. when we would go to the uh, the big trade shows uh, mm-hmm. in the cycling industry over the years, there was always like the mm-hmm. Italian manufacturers section. Oh, yeah. Um, you go in, it's like, you know, where you'd see all the fancy Italian brands. Yeah, mm-hmm. DeRosa and, and uh, uh, Colnago or whatever. Uh, I, I feel like little guy should get a booth at the next big trade show that it's like, yeah, the cool. Italian classics are coming. And he's like the official ambassador I, to America uh, of, the, of the Italian classics. Right. I see where you're going with this. Um, but uh, I, I think maybe he should, maybe he won't spend the money to get into the trade show. And probably more likely he should stand outside with like a large sign. Just a sandwich board. Like in a the, few different, uh, you know, size fonts and things. It's just like the Italian classics are coming, yeah, you know, repent. and uh, oh, yeah. it's got, it's got repent, kind of yeah. the scraggly beard and hair going, you know, if he uh, got kind of a, you know, a long uh, flowing trench coat or something, he could really fill the role pretty the well. Italian classics uh, crazy are coming, guy. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of like this idea, little guy. This actually could be a good bit. Um, we'll have you, uh, we'll have you, uh, we'll have you do that. All right, guys. And then finally, I do think we, uh, need to raise the slow ride podcast, virtual high fives to one of our favorite riders, Andre Greipel's last race was today, despite losing to, um, let me just check here. Uh, is that, is that Cavendish that beat him little guy? Yeah, Cavendish won the uh, <laughs> Sparkhouse Munster Lengero. Um, I don't actually remember where Greipel finished, but uh, kind of fitting in a way. Cav winning, Greipel retiring, <laughs> uh, kind of kind of sums up their rivalry, unfortunately. But um, a tenth, they, a tenth they place did have a hug. finish. They it was tenth place finish. finish. Um, Greipel awesome. is my favorite Bond villain. Jaws. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will miss him. It was always uh, yeah. fun. Yeah, I have so. I have a special place in my heart for that guy. Um, having him having ridden uh, for for brands that I worked for, uh, we sponsored him for a long time, and yeah. I always was always pulling for him to win. And he, yeah, you know, he had his days for sure, but uh, never not yeah. quite as much as Cav or High Road or any of those teams, unfortunately. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> he, he had a lot of wins. I mean, what did he? he oh yeah, eleven oh, eleven. Was. 11 stages of the Tour de France, 18 yeah. Tour Down Under. Wow, he won a lot of trading camp races, 18 yeah, stages. Unfortunately, Two times he won the GC. Don't do a lot for the marketing. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he has let, 158 pro wins. I mean, that's... Well, let's give huge. a shout-out here. So he won 11 in the Tour. He won four Vuelta stages. He won seven Giro. So he won a stage in every Grand Tour. Um, That's pretty awesome. And you know what? He won Philly international championship in 2009 for yeah. columbia high road yeah. um yeah. so yeah good happy trails to uh andre greipel and I'm, i just want to say i'm a little sad uh very few riders that were older than me in the peloton and now um another one that now know, just another one david revel age is gone and it's and it's just valverde and Revelin now and it's uh it's getting, it's getting tough. It's getting tough for me. So Well, with that, we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can become a member and a supporter of the network. We'd also like to thank all the emails and tweets and Instagrams that we've gotten. Head us up at the Slow Ride Pod on Instagram and Twitter and email us at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com where your emails are gratefully received. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. What an episode!
That was amazing. When that one person said that thing and then the other person totally like set them straight. Oh man, that was great. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that again. But hey, since I have your attention now, hello, cyclocross friends, new friends and old friends and soon to be friends. My name's Bill. I host a, another show on the Wide Angle Podium Podcast Network. It's called Cyclocross Radio. And we talk to the biggest stars in cyclocross and even the medium stars in cyclocross and some of the soon to be stars in cyclocross. We also have a panel discussion we call the Media Pit with my buddy Zach and Michael, where we go over all of the new rules that might be coming out and the calendar situations and races that happen. It's a great time. It's a great conversation. We built an amazing community that we want you to be part of. So go to wideanglepodium.com, become a member there, then go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Cyclocross Radio. Do it. Do it now. Cyclocross friends. <laughs>